I honestly feel like I'm not the big, like, I'm not the first person to be like, ah, screw EA. Like, it's all EA's fault. But, like, I don't know. They came for my child in this one. <laughs> I'm getting really, really defensive of it. Welcome to the Crown Heathens podcast, where we talk about our favorite games, video game news, and just about anything else. My name is Matthew, and as always, I'm here with my best friends, Marissa and Sacco. And I'd like to remind everybody that there are no stupid questions, so I'm going to start us off with a stupid question all right now. Marissa, what's today's topic? Uh, so I, um, there's been some news that came out about my favorite gaming franchise. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It's called Dragon Age. Yeah, no big deal mm, or anything. Mm. Is that the um, one with the there's dragons, right? There is dragons. Yeah, they 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 do not age, which is a mm. perpetual Twitter joke. Um anyway, there was some news announced about it and so today's question is just heavily in line with that, which is let's discuss microtransactions in video games oh and gaming as a service. And whether you think this is a good thing for the gaming industry or the worst thing ever. And I am smiling so big, so I'm trying to, like, calm myself down. Um, yeah, because I think they almost ruined my favorite gaming franchise with um, microtransactions. So this is actually a topic uh, I brought it up with our uh, least played video games. When I was talking about sports games and, like, the, one of the reasons why I stopped like I pulled away from sports games is because of the microtransactions. Mm -hmm. And that being said, I play a whole fuck ton of Fortnite, way too much <laughs> Fortnite, like way more Fortnite than I would like to admit. Um, so I am like, I, I feel like I know a little bit about microtransactions. Yeah. So um, for anyone who's not familiar with the Dragon Age news that kind of dropped um, right at the end of February here, um, it was announced that they were going to make it was kind of a weird announcement to read, actually, because basically the announcement was like, hey, they decided to make Dragon Age a fully single player RPG, the next Dragon Age. Huh. And everyone in the Dragon Age community was like, are you saying that they weren't going to do that originally? Like. Interesting Wait, hold up. Like, hey guys, we're releasing <laughs> the game that uh, everybody's expecting to release. And we're like, uh, yes. Wait, wait, wait. What was it supposed <laughs> to be? So you. then um, some people found out basically from uh, some members of Bioware's like leadership team and stuff that um, kind of came forward to the press. Um, and they re revealed that basically EA had told Bioware to make dragon age a service game which is the most terrifying it, it was kind of like i read the news and i was sitting there and i was like i didn't even know i had this nightmare but this is my nightmare like it was one of those surreal moments where i'm like i didn't know i was afraid of this until it didn't happen because it almost happened and now I'm very heated about it. Like, I've never been so upset with a piece of Dragon Age news. Um, the, the thing that I don't understand is why they wanted to do it as, like, the fourth installment. Because immediately I'm thinking of Elder Scrolls and they have, um, 
all the different like worlds of Elder Scrolls, and then they had Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, and see, that I was like the their service game, thought, right? Like have like do this game as a service in the Dragon Age like universe, but like make it a separate game like that would go alongside all of the other Dragon Age games. So like you you come up with Dragon Age Online, and then Dragon Age Four comes out, and the lead up to Dragon Age Four like stuff starts happening in Dragon Age Online that will tie into the the Dragon Age Four game. Like, like if you wanted to, like, kind of give better examples, like, for, with Inquisition with all the rifts and stuff, like, the lead up to the launch of Inquisition in Dragon Age Online, a rift would open up. But no one, like, no explanation on it, right? Like, I you... think that's so cool. Like, that, as me, like, as somebody who, like, was in the Dragon Age franchise, like, that would have been really cool to, like, just be, like, playing online in, like, a world of dragon age it literally in the dragon age setting like in thetis and (laughs) just um like suddenly you know everyone i like scroll through reddit and they're like yo guys there was a rift like there's like this thing in the sky um and we don't know why it's there and then bioware came out and said they have an announcement about like the next game and like that hype would be just unreal and i think that that's a really cool twist on what I normally like my impulse is always like online bad and like <laughs> online kind of like <laughs> online kind bad. of like that thing, especially in terms of Dragon Age. And so the other really interesting thing about this this piece of news is everyone was kind of wondering like, well, what happened that made EA realize like that this was the stupidest idea that ever came into existence? I'm, I'm paraphrasing there. Um might not be exactly <laughs> what everyone was saying. <laughs> but Basically, um, it boiled down to two games that had come out. Um, one was um, Anthem, which is a Bioware game. And the other was Star Wars uh, The Fallen Order. Um, and the reason that they gave for both of those is that they saw the success of the star, like the re- recent Star Wars game and how popular that one was with its sales. And so they saw the return on a single player game and then they watched Anthem just bomb, which Anthem has been really just like a absolute flop that came from Bioware. And I think there was redeeming qualities about it, but it, ultimately it wasn't what Bioware like is meant to succeed at, in my opinion, is this kind of online multiplayer game. I just don't think it was their format and i so basically the combination of those two games made ea realize hey like maybe we shouldn't push really hard for bio uh for dragon age 4 to be an online game and me as somebody who's part of like the dragon age fandom who's very involved in um well i'm more of like a bystander i watch everyone get really excited about stuff and i retweet it but basically all these people going off about dragon age day in day out like the hype for Dragon Age 4 has never been higher, all this stuff. And I watch all these people be so invested in this franchise and the idea that EA like didn't realize how successful a single player game would be for the Dragon Age franchise is actually like infuriating to me because how are you that out of touch with with the fan base? Like like with the Dragon Age fan base? How are you that out of touch with this specific niche of gamers that play dragon age and love it and like you don't know how like like I, the thing for me, though, they are with it is that dragon age has like 
always been a single player game and they've always sold a lot and even dragon age inquisition won game of the year well i mean yeah. I, like last of us 2 just won all of the game awards exactly and that's zero thing, multiplayer like... in that game the first one had multiplayer and the second one doesn't the second like, one doesn't even have multiplayer <laughs> yeah like <laughs> i just the thing is is like and and sako you're totally right in this idea that like i would play the hell out of an online dragon age game where i get to just be this random person running around thetis and then like maybe i'm finding clues about like oh here's where your inquisitor went or whatever but the yeah. other thing that's like not really applicable for this type of game is the amount of customization that they allow you to have on the story like the amount of impact every single character i've ever made in a dragon age game has on the story is what makes it so is what makes dragon age dragon age like that's what sets it apart from you know elder scrolls or any of these other high high fantasy games is this idea that i get to go into that story and I get to have an impact on what's happening, what's being told, and how everything is playing out. So when you take that away and you put it in an online setting or a multiplayer setting where I have to now maybe be at the whim of other people, and I don't really know what it was fully going to look like. Because like, how like, would, like, if you had killed a character in your campaign, yeah, and you're so online, let's take... like, someone else could see the character. Like, if someone else is now talking to that character that no longer exists in your storyline, like, how does that work, right? Like, well, if you take the first Dragon Age, the so Dragon Age Origins, the ending of that game is either... Immerse, I'm, I'm going to play it too and spoil. Don't spoil. I'm going to play it. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a liar. Oh, my God. No, I'm not going to play Immerse. Please tell me everything that happens. Um, At the end of the game, you basically decide whether you live or die as the warden um, character and whether Alistair who is one of your companions who shows up in every other game or or doesn't if he dies obviously in the first one but he has the potential to show up in every other game whether he lives or dies and you have um, the ability to impact whether like other characters live or die and how they and like this is something that has like already offended people in the Dragon Age community, which was with Liliana, because in the first game you could actually kill her. And so then she showed up in the third game as a very integral character and everyone was like, well, I killed her in my playthrough. Like, what happened? And so there's like deep lore takes that are like, oh, well, this is why she didn't actually die. But like they, there's some people who are like still kind of mad at Bioware for not letting them make that decision. And I just don't imagine a world like as cool as it would be. I'd love to run around Thetis, but they'd have to keep it so not story based. So here's just to um, go off of that, because I feel like these um, th this already exists in a game. So Kingdom Hearts 3 um, did something similar where they made a mobile game before Kingdom Hearts 3. And they were like, oh, like play the game. Like it was 100% a service game. Like you don't have to buy it, but like it was pay to win 100%. Um, and you didn't have to, like it was a free app. So like you can technically play it, but they're like, it's super integral to the story. Like you have to play it, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then the impact that it had on Kingdom Hearts 3 was so minuscule that it felt like a waste of time spending like two years playing this mobile game. So I feel like if they made a, a Thetis online and they couldn't make it impact the story then it would feel almost 
worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it would like uh, the like way I'm the way I'm imagining a game like that being more like um um I I had a PS2 game it was Lord of the Rings and I forgot what it was called but it it was, it was Lord like, of the Rings Conquest and it was phenomenal no that it might was be not a PS3 Conquest. game damn it um <laughs> it was like I I don't remember what it's called but you basically you played alongside the, the story the, the movies. movies yeah yeah so like you i remember oh, you got to i a remember point, this game you got to a point where you were like underground and like in the movie someone threw something down a well and then it almost hit you in the game and they were like they played the cutscenes from the movies of like like why certain things were happening in your in your little environment because things were happening in the movies like that's where i'm thinking about this game is like it would go alongside all the stories and maybe like add some information that they maybe couldn't yeah. fit in the in the, the actual campaigns. Like you, you're not gonna make any choices that's gonna change your gameplay, but it would be like just extra lore. That that kind of is the, the way to do it. And the only other way I could think of doing it, which I'm I'm just kind of realizing now, is you could really take it before Origins because there is um there's a gap. There is a lot there. Well, there there's like it's all backstory, right? So you learning you're learning about like how Ferelden and Orle have been at war and like how basically like Ferelden gained its like independence and stuff like that. And then basically you could explore that a lot more and go back in time before the first uh the fifth blight, I believe, which is the the first Dragon Age game occurs during. Or you could go back even further and talk about like like um there's Andraste and there's a whole bunch of figures like you could actually circle this around and have it be an online game. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, which is why um, as mad as I am about this, the thing that I'm absolutely pissed about is not that they tried to do an online game or a multiplayer game or a, or a service game. It's how they tried to do it. The fact that they took a game that the fan base has been waiting for since 2016 when the last one came out they took the fourth game in established franchise and they were like i don't see this backfiring at all by putting by changing everything about how this game is made and what our users probably have come to expect and like the fact that ea like i'm just imagining all these suits in this stupid room being like, how can we make the most money off of this? And them actually thinking that a single-player RPG in a franchise that is well-established as a single-player RPG would not once again be successful. Like, that pisses me off more than any other part of this. And not not to just keep shitting on EA, though, but, like, I don't understand why it's always EA, too. Because, like, they did the exact it's same thing. It's always EA. And, like, <laughs> I try to... <laughs> like, I, I'm getting so Hit me with it. Hit me with it. I... I honestly feel like I'm not the big, like, I'm not the first person to be like, ah, screw EA. Like, it's all EA's fault. But, like, I don't know. They came for my child in this one. <laughs> I'm getting really, really defensive of it. Because how are you that out of touch? Like, I understand implementing microtransactions in other games. And I understand it how, in some ways, I could see how it could seem like a good idea. And I get that. And I get maybe taking a... Uh, like an established franchise, I'm wanting to make a service game where you do have a recurring um, payment model. Like I totally get that we live in a capitalist society and blah, 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 blah. And how, you know, everything revolves around money. I understand that. Like I get that. But to do it with this specific game, 
just seems like setting Bioware up for the biggest failure that would eventually sink the company. Like, that's what it feels like. Like, they were, like, not trying to. I don't think they were trying to put Bioware under. But they definitely weren't giving Bioware an opportunity to succeed. No, and, like, they've also, like, I mean, it's not like this is the first time this would have ever happened. Like, you look at, um, I mean, I, I know we, we we were talked about uh, Shadow of War on their microtransaction kind of debacle earlier. Yeah. Um, I I wrongly threw Ubisoft under the bus. It was actually Warner Brothers Interactive. Fuck you, Warner Brothers um, Interactive. <laughs> but like it, they had microtransactions in Shadow of War, a very single player game, and it went horribly. Everyone hated it. It was like they, they had they had so much backlash that they went through and got rid of all of the microtransactions. Like you can't buy anything in the game anymore. And like how like as EA, how do you look at that and look at like the success of something like Oblivion Online or the Elder Scrolls Online, like and and not be like, well, I mean, clearly, like like these online service games should be separate from the main storylines, and like kind of feed off the main storylines, and like you would get more sales off the main storylines and that kind of stuff. Like it's just it seems so like easy of a decision to just not fuck it up. Like, I don't understand. Right? Like, not that's even, the thing. Like, not even what you're saying with, like, it, how did EA not see um, Warner Brothers or Ubisoft or any other company? But EA literally did the exact same thing with Star Wars Battlefront 2. So they released the first Star Wars Battlefront and they're like, okay, like little mini missions and um, like online play. And it's just the first, like the original trilogy. And then everybody was like, we want a story mode. Like, we want more from the Star Wars universe. Like, this is such a huge universe we want more and then ea released star wars battlefront 2 and they're like it has a story but the online mode and like everything else was so bugged with microtransactions and like somebody calculated it and it was like you can play 72 um it was like 7200 hours or pay like a thousand bucks and like that's how you can unlock luke skywalker and it's like nobody's putting in like yeah you can put days or weeks into a game nobody's playing 7000 hours like that's long. never gonna happen. Like it was, yeah. It was, it was ridiculous. Like it was like, yeah. You can. We understand that you don't want microtransactions. You can play the game, and um, like the more you play, the more you'll unlock. And then the guy literally was like, to fully unlock Luke Skywalker, I have to play for seven th- seven thousand hours, and that's just Luke Skywalker. What if I want to play as any other character? What if I'm playing as a Sith and I'm on the dark side? Now I have to do the same thing. Like I have to put in. 14,000 hours like that's never gonna happen well this Mm -hmm. comes back to my greatest opinion so at the beginning of the podcast I can't really even remember how exactly I phrased the question but basically when do microtransactions like when do microtransactions make sense because I actually don't hate the idea of them in the sense that I understand why companies uh why publishers why um, developers would want to put them in games to have some sort of residual income off of the game. I understand that. And I don't exactly think that they are always the worst thing ever. They really piss me off when I cannot play enough of the game to get make up for the microtransactions. So you're talking about this kind of with Battlefront, but or Battlefront 2. Yeah. But I think I'm thinking specifically of Call of Duty zombies which we all have sunk a lot of hours into definitely played so definitely have played it definitely familiar with it um they i think the most like the interesting thing is is i 
you've run into the people who are playing Call of Duty Zombies Online and they have either gobblegums or um, elixirs or whatever the current model of that is. And I'm specifically thinking of Black Ops 3 because I, I played that one online the most. Um, that was when I had the best internet connection. So, um, but you would run a good into time. people who it was a good time like, for <laughs> who like had a stupid amount of like perkaholic gobblegums or something like that where they would just like they would just pop them every every round to make sure that they didn't die basically and they really were the people that you could tell you know had bought a whole bunch of stuff they had put money because you could buy the gobblegums but i also had a lot of uh perkaholics and i also had a lot of like the really good gobblegums because i played it a lot yeah and i didn't i was never really that upset because there was like there was a level of achievableness. That's so not a word, but <laughs> there was a way to achieve it without buying the thing. There was and a good it might have been hard, but it, it yeah, you had to sink a couple hours into it. Like you had to do this, you had to do that. And like it didn't always seem super fair. But at that point, I was like, you know what? Like, I get it. Like, I just have to play more, and that's okay. And then this really cool thing happens where you actually get good at the game. And then when you actually get those really good, um, like perks and stuff like that, you are good enough to use them in a way that will help you like get through the really hard Easter eggs, like garage Crove or whatever it is. Like that's where I found it, find a benefit to like, like that's that kind of microtransaction I'm fine with. If you look me in the eye and tell me I will never achieve that or it's almost impossible to achieve that level to get that thing, but it's going to make my gameplay so much better or so much easier, and then I see people who are just buying it, like that's when you get these gamers who start hating microtransactions to their very core. Well, so that's pretty much like the sports games where it's like you can unlock the cards, but yeah. if the people that are sinking hundreds of dollars into it, they're going to just get immediately better. Like yeah, that's exactly. basically what it comes like, down to, right? Like, yeah, you can earn them, but like, I can't exactly play why fast I enough don't. to get them, right? Like, yeah, that's yeah. exactly why I would, like, I don't find a lot of value in NHL in particular. Like I should be part of their, I really should be part of their main demographic and I'm not because I'm not willing to sink a whole bunch of money into microtransactions. And so I'm never going to be good enough to game to enjoy it with all these people who do have the really good players. Well, even even EA with Star Wars Battlefront 2, like originally it was impossible. And like they released a statement also saying, hi, like, we're sorry that we released a game that um, felt like we've we've edited the game completely. And we're sorry that you felt that it was pay to win. We made it a lot easier to unlock like the characters and, and like level up the characters and now the game is great but nobody's playing it anymore because it's already too late yeah yeah um if yeah, you I... if you wanted to go to games that do it good i think that fortnite while like say whatever you want about it like there's a lot of issues with that game uh and there's a lot of issues with the game's community but the way they implement the battle pass was actually really good if you're strictly looking at um the the battlegrounds like uh, drop down style because the thing that a lot of people might forget is that fortnite was supposed to be a story driven game when they first announced it in 2017 uh, i don't know if you knew that guys god that was so long ago. 2017 and it was like fortnite saved the world and you it was a co-op game and it had a story 
and they and they basically said like we don't have enough money to fund this game so we're going to make a battle pass and we're going to use the money to create the game and then they started making money and then they got rich and then they're like save the world fuck that <laughs> have the <Yeah>. mandalorian <laughs> like let's yeah. have a disney club and like that part's bad but even just um like basically the way that Fortnite does their battle passes once you buy the battle pass you unlock challenges so like the game itself is be the last person standing so at the end of the day if you don't want to buy the battle pass you can still be the last person standing they unlock challenges so if you're like me and you're probably not going to be the last person standing they're like drive a car 10,000 miles drive like do a trick like um build a house at, at like this location do a dance on top of this mountain and it gives you oh okay so like this game that i was never playing like the first time i played it, i was like this is so stupid like i'm never going to be the last person standing what's the point point? and now it's like oh yeah like i'll just do the challenges and unlock costumes and characters that i like that are strictly aesthetic so you're not going to be better at the game yeah like that that model kind of works i like the aesthetic um like focusing the microtransactions very much on the aesthetic component of the game um i think that that's the smartest way to go about it i don't really understand why there's so many publishers who are willing to push gamers to become so upset with microtransactions when there's a really i feel like easy out in just make everything about it aesthetic stuff like they get blinded by the money i mean that's the end of the thing right they, they yeah, just... totally totally i i understand corporate greed everybody sucks but like that part really is going to like it's 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 part of the reason why microtransactions are hated so much it's not if you're blocking part of the story or part of the actual ability to be good at the game with money like i'm never gonna play your game and like i just find that really harsh but like if you're doing it for aesthetic stuff like that's been around for a long time where you could buy like downloadable packs and stuff where you could change the outfit of the characters and i only like like then you were just a child who was like oh my mom's not gonna buy that for me but i wish she would like that was more of the feeling you weren't like willing to trick your mom into accidentally paying a whole bunch of money for a Fortnite, like whatever yeah. not Fortnite, but like for stuff on battlefront because otherwise you were bad at the game yeah yeah but but when it comes to aesthetics you still get like large groups of people so overwatch is a prime example the gameplay is strictly not affected um everything every transaction is um it, it's strictly aesthetic like you can get different songs you can get different like stickers you can get different costumes um, and then the way they do it is loot boxes. So you can't actually buy like that's the kind of scummy way that they go about it is like you can't actually buy the costume, but you can buy loot crates and you might get right. the costume. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's still aesthetic. And like in the crates, you can get like in-game currency to buy the costume, but you can also get that currency by leveling up. So it's like, yeah, you can play the game, level up and eventually unlock the costume or you can just buy loot boxes, which is gambling. And in uh, some countries, they actually make the game rated. 18 plus because it is gambling um yeah and that makes sense too. but but and then it's so easy because every single season they just have a new costume right it's halloween put a pumpkin on it you know yeah like <laughs> it's february this person has a heart like there's so many different like you don't have to change the costume that much and you can just keep loading and loading and loading and like the character can look the exact same and like it's summertime they're wearing shorts like it's it's cute yeah and people are gonna people are gonna buy it people will spend money on this stuff so why are these companies still being like, you know what we need? You know what we need? 
more service games. We need to build a story game that you can't, you can't, you want to play the final boss? You have to buy it. Like, that's so it's fucking just, stupid. And like the thing with Fortnite and I believe Overwatch, though I've never played it. And like, there's other versions, Apex Legends. Um, Even Call of Duty the Warzone. Reason, like the thing about some of these games, though, is they are free to play at first in the sense that they, they honestly, like putting some stuff behind the the paywall makes more sense in those situations if i'm buying a game for 90 dollars or plus depending on if i'm getting a deluxe edition or whatnot like and you tell me as soon as i get into the game that i'm gonna be missing content or an experience or the ability to be good because i'm not going to sink another hundred dollars into microtransactions like i am stunned at like the audacity <laughs> really i'm stunned at your audacity <laughs> like that is so absolutely stupid to me whereas like if it is a free-to-play game i get it a little bit more too like you didn't pay for the base game so to pay for the other stuff that's fine in my opinion like i i don't find something hugely wrong with that i think sometimes they get it a little bit too far still and i would agree with that but at least there's like uh well the game itself was free and now i have to pay for the extra stuff on top i just want to say something really quickly i agree with you 100 percent. i don't know um if you if if this was implied but i kind of heard it this way overwatch just to clarify you do have to buy the game it's not a free-to-play okay. game but okay but the costume like it's a first person game so you don't even see your costumes that like you're unlocking so <gasps> the loot boxes horrible. like the loop like people have complained like why is it like, why do you guys push the loot boxes so much? Like, you can't even see your character. And, and like, the developers literally said, like, play the game. Like, if you don't want to buy yeah, them, I, don't buy them. Like, it's a first-player game. Play the game how you want. Um, but I agree with you 100% for, like, Fortnite, Apex, um, Call of Duty Warzone, where it's like, this game is free. Download it. Give us money somehow. But even, yeah, like, Call yeah. of Duty didn't start off. Like, um, there were loot boxes in, like, I think it was, like, Infinite Warfare or, or Advanced Warfare or something. And and they had, like, that was a, that was an $80 game like 130 bucks if you wanted the digital deluxe edition and you you like the loot boxes had better weapons in it like you had if you wanted the good weapons you had to buy a loot box or you had to like play to unlock it but you would like it maybe one every 15 to 20 the, matches the concern there though is that did the did playing the game give you them enough that it felt like it wasn't no. broken no. okay like you'd get like um because there were like different levels of loot boxes too. You'd get like a common loot box every like ten to twenty matches, but if you wanted the legendary or the rare items, like there's very little chance they were going to be in the common loot box. They, I mean, I think again, I can't remember if it was Infinite Warfare or Advanced Warfare, but like I know they for sure they did that in World War Two. Yeah, they transitioned. World War Two was just aesthetic. Like you had those little baubles that you can get for your guns, and you can get like different melee weapons and stuff like that didn't affect the damage at all but it just you had it now instead of having a knife you had a shovel kind of thing or like you had a which is pretty cool and I, I would try and get yeah those, right you know? so i matt there are no stupid questions right uh oh i mean i did say that i, I was i was gonna try and pull some i was gonna try and pull some backwater way of making that no there's no stupid questions marissa hit me with it all right so there might be a stupid um, answer though that i fully expect all right, so I just want to know, do you guys actively avoid games that are heavy on microtransactions? Marissa, I play Fortnite. Yeah, I mean, 
I, like, I play <laughs> Fortnite regularly. I feel like the okay, only, so, the only game I play that like kind of has microtransaction is NHL, but I just don't play that hut mode anymore. Right. Because I, I just don't... I, one, I don't have the time to sink as much like time as you need to to like unlock the good players and two like i i I don't see the like benefit of it anymore like really like at the end of the day by the time i have unlocked good enough players to compete against other people they've already bought new players that are better yeah so i don't actively avoid games that have microtransactions in them but as soon as i learn that i need to know more about the game before i'm willing to buy it and so where is the line like, I don't know if that's the same for you guys, but like, I have a very specific line. And my line is, is if it's not just aesthetic, I'm probably not buying that game. If it's not just microtransactions for aesthetic components, I'm probably not purchasing it because I don't trust that I'm going to have a good experience playing that game. I agree with you 100%. That's also how I do it. I would like to clarify something also about Fortnite. Um, so the way that I that they do it is in the battle pass if you get to level 100 you get enough in-game currency to buy the next battle pass so like i've never actually purchased a skin or anything like i paid the ten dollars initial fee and then i just leveled up to level 100 like i make sure like i have two months to do it so i've never actually given like i've never actually paid into it um that being said this season i really didn't play that much and i probably didn't get enough in-game currency so i probably will not be playing like that was pretty much it I played it right. while like I played it enough so that like it it itself was like kind of like a regenerating thing and I always got it to level 100 this this time I'm not going to do it I'm not going to put money in um right so so that's the right. thing that makes sense when it comes to like Call of Duty Black Ops like I haven't touched Warzone um I'm playing zombies and I'm playing the online and there's not really there's a battle pass system there but it it's again strictly aesthetic and I don't care enough to like actually try and get like cool stuff like it's zombies i'm just gonna play for this like i'm gonna try and do the easter egg or it's online i'm gonna play prop hunt a little bit you know what i mean like i'm gonna run around <laughs> yeah and and trust me like i love that but i don't care what it looks like you know so prop i'll hunt is is an underrated mode. it's 100 percent underrated yeah. love prop hunt um but again like those are things that it's i'm not gonna i wasn't stopped because of that but again i think it was strictly aesthetic and i wouldn't play fortnite without the battle pass because like without those challenges it's kind of like i'm not going to play to try and get to number one like i don't really care about the battle royales and now that i don't have enough i'm not going to put more money into it like it was just kind of like that game to throw on in the background um Mm -hmm. that being said i didn't buy uh star wars battlefront 2 because i knew it was um so heavy on on that right so i didn't buy it until they fixed it and they're like oh we fixed it and then i played it and there was nobody on the server so i was like this was a waste of money anyways Really quickly, I have one more question before we move on to games we're currently playing. So I would like to ask what you would like to see with microtransactions in gaming. Like, what is your ideal situation? Put in a battle pass. I don't care. They're perfect. They're a perfect cycle where it's like you have two months of content and then um we're gonna switch it we're gonna start over i that has no problem i'm no problem with that make it the side aspect so like black ops 4 didn't have a campaign but they added um like the blackout mode and it was like that first battlegrounds um play style and they got rid of the campaign and i was like that sucks 
Black Ops, Call of yeah. Duty, Cold War, they have zombies, they have a campaign, they have multiplayer, and they're still updating Warzone. Perfect. Like that is the yeah. perfect way to do it. Um, if you want, do not make a story mode game that relies on microtransactions. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's strictly aesthetic and like even like the battle pass, honestly, a lot of people you can shit on battle passes as much as you want. They're the perfect system. Yeah. Like yeah, when, they, it, when they it comes are. down to it. Uh Sacco. Um, I'm gonna have to agree with Matt, I think. Um like make it aesthetic, don't make it like you need it to compete kind of thing. Like it can't be played right. to win, especially if you're paying for the game already. Um like hut, like I can't I like I, I'm I'm I already paid seventy bucks for the game. I'm not paying anymore. I'm not doing yeah. it. Like I, and I know people spend hundreds of dollars after the, they've already paid seventy bucks. It's just like I don't like if you wanted to like give me New Jersey's or whatever, like whatever. I guess like that could be my transaction. But like I get it in a sports game, there really isn't that much customization you can do. Um, well, there isn't currently, in my opinion. But that's well, I mean, like. Podcast. <laughs> Yeah, but even I, still, like, how many jerseys do the Leafs have? Like, you can't. Well, really that's the thing. Like, it, it's harder and harder because it's like you kind of have to rely on the teams that you get to pick. But like in EASHL, you get to like, like they do have a bunch of different jerseys you can you can buy, um, but like not like you don't have to buy. Like, I you can unlock them with challenges and stuff, but you could also just buy the um uh, hockey bags to like unlock the jerseys right. and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, if you want to make it aesthetic. I'm okay with it. I'm not going to buy it personally unless it's something like that I really want. But I, I, I don't. I can't think of a like an example that I'd really pay for right now. But um, right, yeah. So this is uh maybe so my answer is going to be pretty much the same, and I'm going to throw it back to Dragon Age one more time. So I think one of the and this wasn't necessarily actually an example of a microtransaction, um, but it was something that I didn't love and i don't talk about stuff that bioware has done that i don't love a lot but one of the things that they did in dragon age inquisition was they put um and i'm not going to spoil anything for you matt because i know we're playing it still so i'm not i'm going to be really light on appreciate context here but basically the game ends and everything feels wrapped up and then they released a dlc which was the epilogue story. And having gone, I went like a year or something without playing the epilogue because I was like, I didn't really understand. I just thought the DLC was a new like area to unlock. And I was like, I'm not going to pay for that. Like, that's fine. I was in university at the time, didn't really want to spend the money. And then I learned that it actually progressed the story. And I was actually pretty upset about that because um i felt like that was super unfair and then i was like well maybe it's just a little extra story and without spoiling what happens in the epilogue i don't understand how anyone like you cannot play that game and not play the epilogue because it's not finished yeah but it feels and finished. that it feels finished which is maybe me. the worst part My ears are yeah because you have you have no idea that it's not finished right like <laughs> Yeah, you have no idea it's not finished. And I I think that that is my worst. Like, that's what I hate the most. If you're locking part of the story that I just spent, like, over 100 hours yeah. being prepared to it, get up to. It doesn't feel And good. you lock that behind a paywall. Just increase the, like, honestly increase the initial cost of the game. But give me that. 
Like you should not, that should never be behind a paywall, in my opinion. Yeah, paywalls, paywalls suck. Paywalls are not good. Don't, don't do them. All right. And so with that, like pleasantry, um, we're not going to talk about what games we want you to play out of this podcast because it's filled with a little bit more rage than usual. Um, so I'm going to discuss, uh, rather we're going to discuss the games that we're currently playing and I'm going to start this one. So I am actually playing, um, Star Wars. I am playing, paying some homage to the game that saved Dragon Age 4 because <laughs> I think that that is my duty. I love to, that. Um, I, I was completely sold on it when I found out that that was why I was getting a single player RPG for Dragon Age 4. So I am playing through that and it's actually quite good. It's basically like I'm not very far into it. I'm basically just parkouring everywhere and it's it's honestly very enjoyable. I'm playing Matt, the last of us. I find I, I can see my face. <sighs> so I I, I re-downloaded it. Uh, I kind of mumbled just just to clarify, guys. I, I'm playing The Last of Us. Um I passed the point that I stopped last time. So where did um, you stop last so, time? So I, I'm and I'm also taking notes. So like I'm prepared to have a Last of Us podcast. Um, definitely Amazing. look forward to that because we will do it. Um, so do you guys remember Bill's Town? Yeah, that's the one with yeah. all the traps, right? Yeah, there's all the traps. Yeah. Um, you have to go to the school to get the pickup truck. Like you're going, you need to get an engine. Like you want to start the engine. Um, that's where I stopped. So I kept saying like, I think there was a bus or a school. There was in Bill's Town. It's like probably 10. I, I want to say 10 hours is probably not even that. It's so like. It's so early on in the game. Uh, that's yeah, where I stopped. No, for sure. Like, I didn't even get to Pittsburgh the first playthrough. Um, that's, where I, that's what I'm doing now. I also started playing uh, We Happy Few, and I haven't played too much of it, maybe just like a couple hours, but We Happy Few looks like it's going to be a really good game. I'm very excited to finish that. I know I sound miserable about The Last of Us. I am excited to finish The Last of Us also, um, just so we can talk about it. I don't know if my opinion is going to change. I'll be honest with you guys. That's I, okay. I'm, I appreciate that. I you're will. It a I will finish ago. though. Like I'm yeah. too far I, gone now where I'm going to try and finish it. We appreciate the yeah, effort. I, I appreciate the effort for sure. Um, I think you'll enjoy. I know we've talked about this outside of the podcast. And I think you'll enjoy the second one in a very different way. So if you do end up playing um, that one, um, I'm kind of excited to hear your thoughts on that because I think you will have more of an it will elicit more of a response, let's say. I'm gonna play both and I am taking notes. So we will have a Last of Us podcast. So stay tuned for that. Amazing. All right, Sacco, well, what are you playing? Um uh unfortunately I'm playing Resident Evil seven. What do you mean unfortunately? It's 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 <laughs> Is a it good? creepy game, man. <laughs> Is it good? It's, it's a good game. Uh I, I have never played any of the Resident Evil games. Do you have um, to play the other ones? Are you following along so far? I want to play that game I, I, so badly. As far as I can tell, it has nothing to do with any of the games. Or even yeah, if, if it did, that. I haven't noticed any connection. This is making me so uncomfortable. Oh, I want to play that so badly. <laughs> um, I it's it's a it's a fantastic looking game. Um, the environment is super creepy and super tense, and they've done a really good job of making you feel like you're gonna die every second. I love it. Um, and yeah, no, it's um, it's scary for sure. Uh, I don't think Marissa could play it. Um, I, I 
I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you there. I am not. That is not my cup of tea. Yeah, no, but it's uh, it, it's a really fun experience so far. Yeah, I again, I I didn't. It, it kind of spawned from the our horror games uh, or not horror games podcast. It was our least played genre podcast, but it ended up being we talked about horror, horror games. Podcast. Yeah. The horror um, game and sports game podcast, or both horror it, games, depending on how you view microtransactions. The one where I thought exactly. I was going to die before we yeah, filmed. That's the one. That one. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, it was on the Game Pass, so I downloaded it, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but it's definitely, uh, definitely a scary game. Exciting. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna add that to my list. You should. It's well, very well done. All right, as always, thank you so much for listening. For more Crown Heathens content, you can check out our YouTube account. It's called Crown Heathens. Uh, you can also check out our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook accounts. They are all at Crown Heathens. And until next time, thank you guys so much.